Next on BYU Sports Nation, the odds makers in Las Vegas doing their part to lower expectations for BYU football this fall. How low can they go? Is Northern Illinois actually a tougher home game for BYU than the Cal Golden Bears? Plus, Dallas Mavericks beat writer Bobby Corrala on Kyle Collinsworth's immediate future after being waived and arguably the greatest manifestation of the BYU Sports Nation karma ever. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, back to work on a Monday. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, July 9th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with elite motivational speaker, Jerem Jordan. I'm no Lou Holtz, though. If you can understand the guy, oh, man, you walk out of there motivated. Who's the motivational speaker at BYU right now? Uh, I wish it was Chris Farley, <laughs> a.k.a. Matt Foley. Wait, we have a Matt long, Foley. Well, we used to, the long snapper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he, was he a senior? He was a senior, right? Was, I can't remember. I feel like he's maybe he is a senior this year. I'm not sure. <laughs> I hope he's a senior. I think, he's still here. Yeah, I think Matt Foley's back. We'll confirm that. Yeah. Is he the designated motivational speaker just because of the name alone? What's funny is that the West Coast Conference Basketball Championships in Vegas, the PA announcer, the public address announcer, is Matt Foley as well. So there are all kinds of Matt Foley's. I I think it would be hard to be riddled with a name of someone famous like the exact one because then that always comes up with you. Always. Do any of them live in a van down by the river? That is the real (laughs) question. (laughs) Eating a steady diet of government cheese. <laughs> That's one of the greatest sketches. Oh, it's SNL great to history. be back on Monday. All hey, you're rise back. and shout. We're back. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. How low can Vegas go? As of today, the experts in the Nevada desert have BYU football still wandering in the college football desert. Let me explain. The Las Vegas Superbook has set the over-under for BYU Super football book. at five wins. What? Five. Five? Wow. Do you agree with the Las Vegas Superbook, Jerem? They're over-under for BYU football at five wins in the 2018 season. What makes it super? I think that's a lazy adjective. Uh, no, it's low. It's too low. BYU will win six. I'm with you. I'm not willing to shave my hand or anything crazy like that, but I believe that number should be six, maybe even six and a half, honestly. Listen, we've outlined the gauntlet, okay? The gauntlet is Arizona, Cal, Washington, Wisconsin, Boise State, and Utah. Should Northern Illinois be on that? No. There's the non-gauntlet. If BYU goes one and five gauntlet, five and one non-gauntlet, that is McNeese State, Utah State, Hawaii, Northern Illinois, UMass, New Mexico State, BYU will win six. I'm pretty confident that that scenario, a one and five, five and one, will happen. What if BYU wins two of the gauntlet and goes five and one? Then they're up to seven. I don't think seven's crazy. I think eight would be a number that would surprise me. Five would also surprise me. So six and seven wins would not surprise me. But five is low. I'm not a betting man. This is easy money. Hashtag betting is wrong. But still, easy money. BYU had five wins in the 2018 season. 
How many times do I have to say they will go to a bowl game? BYU can go 5-1 and one at home and win one game, one game on the road and get to six and be bowl eligible. Win at UMass, okay, and then take That's care of business. That's a guaranteed win. Then That's take a- care of business at home, <laughs> five and one. You've got six. Five wins? Keep in mind, Las Vegas last year had BYU at nine wins. At ten at one point. They're not always right. Yeah, they're just right more than you and I, probably, right? Which is why they are where they are. Yes, but they're like 55% plus right. It's not... 90% of the time. That's insane. They had BYU at 9, and at one point, 10 wins as an over-under last and season. And I remember thinking, I'm taking the under on that. I would rather take exactly. the over here than be like, oh, under, under. Easy money in one regard to go with what Vegas said last year, and I feel the same about this year, but it is flip-flopped. BYU's going to go over five wins. Now, do you feel like the uh, the super book? In Vegas, setting this at five. And oh, by the way, Jason Shepard was there watching some summer league. I don't think this is a coincidence that Jason goes to Vegas. All of a sudden, they're like lowering the PYU window. <laughs> what did Jason Shepard yeah, tell did these he guys? Do? What did he do and say? He's going to be terrible this year. Yeah, Jason said that. <laughs> He's that guy. I thought I was that guy. No, I think BYU's going to go to a bowl game. Do you think that f- five is fair, though, based no. on last year? No. You don't? 12 straight years of going to a bowl game. They don't care about 09 when they make this one number. One season, totally different coaching staff. Like, I don't think that five, five is way too conservative. Hey, if those guys want to lose big bucks, great. Be my guest. Big bucks? This ain't the crowd that's betting Whatever. on their school. Over Again, much. hashtag betting is wrong. <laughs> What's but, the LaBelle quote about? Taking uh, 20 to Vegas and <laughs> not breaking it. There is a commandment. I always butcher it. I don't know, but we'll look at him. Oh, my gosh. No, I don't think it's fair at all. I, I think it's way too conservative. I got to look up that quote. Okay, I'll you're looking up the quote from Lavelle. I'll look it up later. <laughs> Additionally, Northern Illinois uh, came out with two to one odds, the best in the MAC to win the league from uh, Las Vegas Superbook as well. So, Spencer, I ask you this. Will Northern Illinois be a tougher game than Cal at home for BYU? At this point, on July 9th, examining what Northern Illinois has done in the recent past and what they are, what we think they will be, compared to what Cal has done in the past, then yes, Northern Illinois scares me more than Cal in Mm. Provo. I think that right now they are a better overall Football program than Cal. What have the Bears shown you or me or anyone in the recent past to make you think they're going to come into Provo and be world beaters? Not saying they can't. Not world beaters, but are they better than Northern Illinois? I don't. Are the MAC champions better than a middle-tier Pac-12 team in California? Well, the Northern Illinois Huskies haven't won the MAC um, in the last couple of years. So this is an interesting question. I don't know. I don't think so. Because, listen, there's something about being Power 5 that's still powerful. It's that you have talent, but you can't put it together against other talented teams, okay? So do we want to have the elitism of Power 5-ism, if you will, or do we want to acknowledge that Northern Illinois is a quality program? I think we can do both. Or the Northern Illinois, we have said, is a sneaky game on this schedule. I think Cal is still figuring things out with Justin Wilcox in his second year. Uh, last year, 73rd in scoring, 89th in total offense. This isn't the Sonny Dykes, 
Cal offense are they, that so spreads it out. And, with those numbers, and are they awesome. better than Northern Illinois right now? Northern Illinois was 8-5 and five, but didn't have much better numbers themselves. Hard to know. I, I don't know. I'm When I look at the schedule, I go, okay, BYU can win both those games, though. Like, if BYU goes 6-0 and at home, will you be shocked? Will you be shocked? Now I ask you, will you be shocked? If BYU goes undefeated at home? 6-0 at home. I'll be somewhat surprised yes, because yes. that means BYU had a really good team and brought it at home, and, and one of the pillars of the program, apparently, based on the plaque that— Win all your home games. Is protect Lavelle's house. And guess what? Last year, BYU did not protect Lavelle's house. Two a lot and four. of enemies got in. Okay? Two and four. And BYU was 0 for against the Furious Five, as we called it at the time. So this, this is an interesting question. I don't know. Like, right now, who's better? I, w- I would say it's pretty close between Northern Illinois and Cal. By the time Cal plays BYU, it's week two. It's early. I think that's a good time to get them. Northern Illinois, this is going to be all of a sudden in the middle of conference play. So how do, how do the Huskies handle... Okay, we have to prepare for this random non-conference game in October. Yeah, and keep in mind, Northern Illinois, they put guys in the league, and they have guys in Big Ten country that don't get picked up by the big-name programs that filter down, and they can still play football. They're picked to win the MAC, perhaps, or at least have the best chance, according to the Superbook. This game reminds me a little bit, not in the score per se, but of Toledo in 2016. That became one of the best games BYU played. It was... You needed 286 rushing yards from Jamal Williams, a single-game record, what was to BYU's, win that game. What was BYU's best win in 2016? Was we'll it Toledo? for the next 58 days. Was it Toledo or Mississippi State? I feel like that's a fair comparison. Cal as I Mississippi would say State. anytime you beat and Toledo a team that wins bowling from Northern the SEC Illinois. at home, even though that they were five and seven, win. even though they had a losing record, they won the bowl game. They were six and seven. They still had um, a losing record. Yes, with a bowl win. Well, they were six and six, and then they did they lose the bowl game? Maybe no, they no, no. They were five and seven and finished six and seven with a bowl win. I would say anytime you beat an SEC team at home, that's a pretty good yeah, win. It will Toledo it will register. Toledo did they even win the MAC that year? Like Northern Illinois doesn't have to win the MAC to be a quality team. But if they won the MAC, certainly, whatever. It will it's resonate. The Mac, too. A like, win over a Power 5 team, no question, will resonate more than beating Northern Illinois. The question is, is Northern Illinois a tougher game? I think no, because I think Cal has better athletes. Okay. Here's the Lavelle quote, by the way. They used to say when we went to the Holiday Bowl in San Diego that BYU fans would bring a $50 bill on the Ten Commandments and never break either of them. That's the quote. <laughs> Did them anything to do with Vegas. <laughs> totally missed it. Okay, speaking of odds, Kyle Collinsworth was recently waived by the Dallas Mavericks. Not a surprise this time of year because teams are making a ton of moves to try and figure out what they want to do as they compile their new rosters with summer leagues, play, and all that good stuff. The question now is, if he was waived, what's the future for Kyle Collinsworth in the NBA? I've been saying that the draft pick of Luka Doncic was not good for Kyle Collinsworth because Doncic has a similar game to Kyle in that he can rebound, he can dish it. Doncic, a much better shooter than Kyle, who's been 38% um, this year in the NBA. But I thought that Kyle did some nice things. I was I was a little surprised, not shocked, but a little surprised. Um, when the Mavs were openly tanking, they gave Kyle Collinsworth a little more run. He got up to 22 minutes a game in five April games, averaged about six points, five rebounds, four assists a game. Didn't quite shoot it well enough, like I just said, 38%, but... The, the Mavericks can still keep Kyle Collinsworth if they want. They avoided some guaranteed money, I think 100000 by a certain date. But Kyle can still 
show off for other teams and make another team. Yeah, no, I and I think <laughs> I fully anticipate that Kyle Collinsworth will be a part of the Dallas Mavericks. And, and maybe you think they'll pick him back up. Yes, and maybe it's going back to the G League. Maybe it's one of those two-way contract situations like he's been in before. This is becoming more and more common in the NBA because they want to keep guys around in case guys in the big show get hurt so that they can just pop somebody up really quick, bring them up, and essentially keep them in AAA until they need them to play at the major league level, at the NBA level. Now Collinsworth can uh, play for the Mavs. If he signs with someone else, he'll play for that team in the summer league potentially. But he can play for the Mavs. He's an unrestricted free agent. He's like Elijah Bryant now in that sense with the 76ers where he's trying to get uh, an invite to a team uh, to make a team or they just sign him if they want. The thing with Kyle Collinsworth is he's got to step up his offense. He's got to be more aggressive. He's got to show the ability to score because you can't have a guard that you don't feel confident can score. You're not going to have that guy on your NBA roster. Like it, uh, Even Ben Simmons can't shoot very well, but when he gets in the post and in transition, he's scoring. Kyle isn't scoring at maybe the clip that he might need to to stay in the league. He's certainly a G League player. He's certainly a European professional player somewhere. But can he stay in the league is the question. Kyle Collinsworth only helped his status with what he did last year. He didn't hurt his. Then why'd they waive him? Because if he they, dra- they, status. they draft players, and you know he hurt Ma- his Mavs status. You they know that the Mavericks were, him. were tanking on purpose. No, what I'm saying is he. I feel like he helped him. His there's a there's a reason that I think the Mavs want to hold on to Kyle Collinsworth, and we'll see what happens. And we're going to talk to if they wanted to hold on to him, they wouldn't have waived somebody him. DallasMavs.com uh, from DallasMavs.com today to figure out what that is. Okay, if we're going to talk to if a you want to marry the girl, you don't break up with her, right? It's different. It's different. Okay. Okay. It, you don't have to make a firm decision on that within an NBA organization right, right but they're now. giving him up to other teams if they want. If the Packers love Taysom so, Hill, why'd they waive him? Because then the Saints are like, yeah, dude. They, because they thought they were just gonna, that he was going to clear waivers and they were going to be able to sign him to the practice squad. Well, how foolish was that? Which is what now the Mavericks think the with Kyle Collinger. So, yes, there is a risk, but I guarantee they're thinking, okay, if you clear waivers, and we think you will, we want to bring you back. We like you, but we don't like you enough to keep you. We're going to waive okay, you. And there's hope that no one else likes you as much as They could do. just wave him and be then done you, with him. Then you, then you kind of like him. They could just wave him and be done with him. He helped his status by giving them something last year and saying, okay, he's making them think. I, I think they need, he needs to give them something more in the form of not 38% shooting from the field. Yeah, we'll he see. needs to shoot he, better. He can be a serviceable player and contribute in other ways like he did at BYU. He's never been a great shooter. We'll see. But he's gotten better. But he's gotten better. All right, our question of the day. Back to the super book. I can't say it the way that you do. And a, Well, super, but it's a lazy verb. Adjective. Do you agree with the Las Vegas super book over under for BYU football with five wins in 2018? Why or why not? Time to hear from you, BYUS, and let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Colonel underscore James 83 in on Twitter. No, BYU will win a minimum of six games and go bowling and possibly win as many as eight games with some upsets within the gauntlet. Eight would be awesome. I would be so pleased. Coming off a four-win season, anytime you can double your win total. <laughs> if BYU that. wins eight games, I feel like that has to include ending the losing streak to Utah. 
Yes, and or Boise State. Like you get one or both of those. You got to be seven and four going to Salt Lake, I think, to have a shot at eight wins. And we're not counting a bowl game, right? We're not counting a bowl game. No. Hashtag BYUSN. Who the opponent is. Yeah. Too hard to guess. Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. More of your responses later in the show. Coming up, Taylor Sander, Ben Patch, and company medal in France, plus what's coming to the USA in volleyball the next three years. And he's our quarterback in Studio B, Blaine Fowler, on who he thinks will be the Cougars' quarterback. What's the latest on that front? Uncle B joins us next on BYU Sports Nation. We ain't waving him. We want it. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. After further review is back in one month and one day, I guess four weeks and one day, on BYU TV, Tuesdays at 7 Eastern starting August 7th, David, Brian, Blaine, and Day break down Cougar football like nobody else. August 7th, the season debut of After Further Review. Let's break down some football right now on July 9th, shall we? Yeah, why not? This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation rolling on social media. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, hashtag BYUSN, whenever, however you would like to converse with us. Our question of the day, do you agree with the Las Vegas Superbook over-under for BYU football and five wins in 2018? Why or why not? At Twiggy or Stone on Twitter. I think it is a fair evaluation from them considering the current situation. I personally believe that they will win more than five. It all depends on how much Coach Grimes can get from the offense. And how well the defense plays. I think there's this assumption that it's 100% on the offense. The defense has got to bring it, too. they got to force turnovers. they got to get stops. They're not, they're not beyond reproach. It's, all, it's not all the offense. Don't look now, but September 1st is right around the corner. Countdown to the Wildcats. 54 days. 54 days away. Okay. We are under two months from BYU football opening the season against Arizona and beginning to find out what the Cougars can do against game number one of the gauntlet and of the 2018 season. On their way to five wins, Jerem. Can't wait. It's going to be sick. Come on, Vegas. In Studio B, as promised, we are discussing more college football, and we will do so with Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, quarterback, national champion at BYU, dual threat analyst. Blaine, welcome back to Studio oh, B. Thanks, guys. It, it's, I'm glad you guys are talking football. It's the stretch run. So the team's been off the last two weeks. That's their kind of midsummer break. Now, the individual players don't take off, so they've all been working out the last couple weeks. But the organized part of it, this is the stretch run. They met again this morning. They're with the strength and conditioning coaches. They're starting the stretch run. They've switched from strength building, which they've been doing most of the offseason, with some endurance stuff, to now there'll be more of a focus on speed and endurance and a little less on building strength, maintaining strength now, to get them ready to have the speed to play. So the team's on the stretch run starting today. You guys are too. It's good. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're well, we're game ready right now. <laughs> we're always game ready. It's only a few weeks until they start camp. And so this is a really important time with their off-season workouts to gel as a team and to, to know who's going to be healthy and who's going to go. That's, that's what they're looking at the next couple weeks, and then camp's just in, just in a couple, in three weeks, really, yeah, right? Crazy. We in no way condone betting here at BYU Sports Nation. But when Las Vegas says five wins for BYU football in 2018, I can't help but think – Easy money. Just, BYU is the hardest team preseason 
for any odds maker to pick a number four. And they've been yeah, – it'd be interesting to do a study to see how often they're off on BYU because the influx and outgo of missionaries has a huge impact. They don't know who's playing. They don't know if there's a veteran guy coming back that's going to play. So they look at what they did last year in the roster last year. They looked that they're losing a guy like Fred Warner, and they don't, they don't know. And it's hard for them to account for the sheer magnitude of the guys that were injured last year that will come back this year. And so I think they're very conservatively underestimating. Um, you know, I look at it, and I think there are six or seven wins going into the Utah game. And, and that's because I think they'll hold court at home. I think they'll split with, with – one of those first two games I think they split. So I think with Arizona and California, I think they get one of those this year. One and one. Uh, and, and so I think that, that that changes things. And then you look at the rest of the home schedule, there's not another home game that should be a problem for them. Um, and then I feel like they go on the road and they get a little bit of revenge against UMass. And so I feel like that's, that's a game that they can win. Now, there's some big games on this schedule. You know, Wisconsin – who's going to go into Wisconsin and win at Wisconsin this year? Period. You know, who's going to go into Washington? Um, on some polls, they're both top five teams. Wisconsin's yeah. a top two defense, a lot of people are saying, you know, with what they got coming back on D. So let's be realistic here, right? You, Utah, to me, is a either-or. I don't know. Boise State's an either-or. I don't know. They could lose both. They could win both. They could win one. You know, so I don't chalk those up to anything. But but I feel like that, that home schedule, with the exception of Cal um, – you know, Cal's capable physically of beating him at home, but I feel like they're going to get one of those two. They'll either win on the road at Arizona or get that home game against Cal. And the way the schedule spread out this year, last year we looked at it and went, man, they, this murderer's row. They just start out. There's no break. And by the time they get to a team that they should beat, are they still going to be healthy? Is their morale going to be decent? So should they beat a team like UMass? Yeah, they should. But but not when they have been punished in successive weeks and lost so much at so many positions. By the time they got there, they were depleted with talent and they, their mindset was, was down in the dumps at that point. I feel this year there's, you know, there's games in the schedule that are breaks. You know, you come back and you get a McNeese state, you come back. And so I feel like the schedule is a little more conducive. It's still very aggressive. That's why we're not saying, Hey, they're going to win eight, nine or 10 games. Right. right. But there's breaks in that schedule that allow you to build confidence and get healthy. So I feel like I think Vegas is being really conservative with it this year. Not crazy conservative because we're talking six or seven, right? But I think five is an underestimation. I, I think they're going to be really good at home this year. Okay, let's talk about the subject that everyone wants to talk about, which is quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like BYU is going to handle this maybe this year differently than last year with the new, uh, new staff? I think they learned a big lesson last year, and that lesson was – we didn't get enough guys ready to play last year. And I'm talking about through the course of the summer and through fall camp, even back in spring ball a year ago, spring ball, not the one that we just completed. They basically got two and a half guys ready to play. They said, hey, it's either going to be Tanner or Bo, or let's, let's give Coy a little work. And so they go into the season feeling like if we have two and a half guys ready to play, we're going to be okay. Well, guess what? They, they went through the two pretty quick, didn't they? They played five. Yeah, so they went through the two pretty quick, and then they get to the half, and they're like, well, we gave him half the time, and we're now we're not convinced physically he's, he can play at this level in terms of his physical strength and size and all that. So now we're going to go to a guy, Joe Critchlow, who we know has a skill set, but he just got off of a mission, and we really didn't prepare him at all. At AP Jofo. 
Right. So Joe goes in there, and in his first game, he has success because guess what? Nobody's ever seen the guy on film. So they have a fairly basic game plan, but UNLV doesn't have much to go by, so they've got a basic game plan. Well, Canada has a great game. And, and they go and they play and they run the football. And then UMass comes in and goes, okay, now we got a whole game of this guy on film, very veteran coaching staff. And they go, okay, this is what we're going to do to this guy. We are going to just open the floodgates and come after him and run twists and do all kinds of things because he's like not just a freshman, he's a return missionary freshman that they didn't get ready to play. And he wasn't ready for that. And is that his fault? That's nobody's fault. That's just he didn't get enough work. So so this year they go in, and I've been watching it all spring through the summer, and they're going, we are going to have at least four guys ready to play. And we're going to give them equal work. And we don't know if Tanner or Bo are going to be healthy. We would like one of those guys to come and just grab the job by the neck and stay healthy. And we're going to get – and you know, Tanner was getting reps in spring even though he wasn't 100% yet. You know, and Bo was up and down with his foot and things, in the, but they were giving him reps. And they gave the freshman, Wilson, a bunch of reps. And they gave Joe a bunch of reps. And they're going to come into the fall, and I think we're going to see more of the same, at least for the first week or two, because they are not going to go into the season and get to number three and go, well, he's just not ready to go. So we're going to see him prepared with more depth. They don't want to have to play a freshman quarterback if they don't have to, because that's a lot to ask against maybe a top two defense in Wisconsin and going up to Washington, right? It'd be better to bring him along. And with the new redshirt rules, maybe you can play him a little bit this year and still redshirt him. That would be ideal. But but if Tanner and Bo can't grab it by the neck and stay healthy, they're going to have Joe Critchlow ready to play now. And he can play. He's physically capable. They're going to have Wilson ready to play, and he can play. Physically, he's really good. And so we'll be in a situation where they know they've got to get more depth ready at that position. I feel way better about that position this year than I did last year, even though we don't know how healthy Tanner Bowe are going to be. Blaine Fowler with us in Studio B, part of our Monday edition of BYU Sports Nation. Uh, let's go ahead and finish with this, Blaine. Northern Illinois is the MAC team with the best odds to win the conference 2-1. to one. Now, I am kind of weirded out by this game, and I feel like I kind of look at it as like the Toledo game a few years ago. I think Northern Illinois is a sneaky, sneaky good team, and where it falls in the schedule, it kind of alarms me. So is Northern Illinois in any way a tougher game than, let's say, Cal? Well, they're both at home, right? So that makes a big difference. Does Cal have better athletes than Northern Illinois? Yeah, of course they do, right? So they're, they're better athletes. They're going to have more overall team speed. Now, Northern Illinois will have speed at key positions, but if you just take overall team speed, Cal's going to be a bigger, stronger, faster football team, more formidable in terms of just their physical skills. Northern Illinois, year after year, is unbelievably well coached. So they make up the difference in talent with execution and, and those kinds of things. So it is a scary game. Having it at home, having an emphasis on that very thing for BYU this entire offseason. So is BYU going to have as much team speed as Cal in the field? No, they're not either. But I see a big shift through spring ball um, with Kalani and this staff that we're going to make up the, the talent gap with better execution. We're going to out-execute, and we're going to manhandle people at the line of scrimmage. I feel better about this offensive line. I, like, I can name 10 guys that I would be just fine if any of those 10 started on the offensive line. And I haven't been able to say that for I don't know how many years. And it's interesting coming on the heels of losing three starters, three right. seniors on the interior there. But, but these are the guys that were recruited way back when that we were going, when these guys are juniors and seniors, we're back in the NFL producing NFL linemen game. We're back to that now. This is the year I've been waiting for for like four or five years because you recruit <laughs> these kids, you send them on missions, they come home. So this is the year I've been waiting for on the offensive line. And, and if BYU – 
can dominate the line of scrimmage and execute, then they match up with what Northern Illinois' strength is, and I like them against Northern Illinois. You, you've called these the big uglies. You think they're especially ugly this year. Oh, they're, there's some nastiness to them. <laughs> there's, you know, I like that, right? Now, I don't know if they have a Ray Fenga. I want somebody to be the Ray Fenga. You know, Kellen will come home from practice, and he'd go, I go, how was practice, Kellen? And he'd say, uh, Ray Fenga punched me in the face. I go, why? And he said, <laughs> Dad, it's Ray Finger. He just, he just, punch, he just punches guys in the face. Ray Finger. He never punched me no, in the face. No, he just punches luckily. guys in the face. He just gets a little irritated about halfway through practice. He's going to do something. And I'm going, ooh, I like that edge. I like that edge, you know? And so every line, I'm not sure who that guy's going to be yet, but there's a couple of candidates there. they got to play with an edge. They've got to go into a game just going to one – we are going to manhandle the other team at the line of scrimmage. When it's third and one, oh, you cannot stop us from getting a first down. And most importantly, when we get inside the 20, oh. we can run the football. I don't care if they play a gap eight defense and they put eight people on the line of scrimmage. We can move people off the line of scrimmage. We can get first downs. We can score from the one-yard line. And because we're a run threat, you got to do something different defensively, and now that opens up the play-action game. We haven't been able to do that in the last few years. I feel like this is the year where they knock people off the line of scrimmage. And so for me, that's the other big reason where I feel like more than five wins. It comes back to the O-line for me, and I feel really good about this O-line. Outstanding conversation with Blaine Fowler. Blaine, as always, thank you. I hope you don't get punched in the face at any point. No, Ray never punched me. He just punched Kellen. <laughs> but they were great buddies. It was okay. Practice, Kellen? That was good. I got punched in the Some face. Some of my best friends are the friends who punched me in the face. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. He had no, there was no malice in it. He just wanted to punch him in the face. <laughs> I've never punched anyone in the face without malice. With a helmet okay. on, of course. It was with a helmet sure. on. Yeah, that, sure. and now that's just idiotic. So, <laughs> Coming up, what's next for Kyle Collinsworth? We'll chat with the Mavs Insider. And perhaps the greatest manifestation ever of the BYU Sports Nation karma. Our World Cup date hits next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation continues live on a Monday. Welcome back, friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out at Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. As always, we are on demand anytime, anywhere. We just showed a soccer ball with a signature on it. I have no idea whose signature that is. Do you know? No. I have no, no clue. I have no clue. <laughs> Not the slightest. In fact, What's there the are several things on the desk here yeah. that I really am not sure about. I know, you, I know most you, of it, but there are there are some things I'm like I don't remember where that came from, and I don't know whose it is and like what? who signed it. Like what? We just have a sec. Okay, well, one, you bring up soccer ball. I don't know where this volleyball came from. For one, okay, I think I brought it. So <laughs> I have I no idea about that. I just put that. it up here. It's mine. Oh, you you just you just put it up there. You'd be surprised how much of this, and I say this word with purpose, crap. Is uh, okay. on this set that's just mine. I know that we got some of the Lego guys from at Gold Yeller, who's our Lego yeah. man, but I. Where did the other fan Legos come from? I was apparently I wasn't here for think, that show. I think director Julian Riley. Oh, I don't know. I think I'm like, oh, that's cool. There's a Cosmo fan thing up there. Yeah. Where did that come from? I don't know. <laughs> There's some things up here. I'm like, can we take that down? We need spring cleaning, man. I've been saying this for years. It is spring cleaning in Studio B. It's not spring anymore. Let's go. Speaking of, how about some of today's top BYUSN stories? Yeah, the Las Vegas Superbook released updated over-under win totals for college football teams, and BYU is at a grand total of five wins. Wah, wah. Also, Northern Illinois with the best odds to win the MAC, 
two to one. Mm. Are they a tougher game than Cal? We discussed. The Dallas Mavericks waived Kyle Collinsworth Friday. Collinsworth is an unrestricted free agent, but will continue to play with the Mavericks summer league team. Friday, he had four rebounds, two steals, and the Mavs 92-85 loss against the Suns. Then yesterday, he had four points, eight rebounds, and an 81-78 win versus the Bucks. Elijah Bryant of the Philadelphia 76ers. Trust the process. Former BYU guard made his summer league debut playing the final 3 minutes 16 seconds of the 76ers 96-79 loss to the Los Angeles Lakers. Bryant grabbed a pair of defensive rebounds and a steal in his short time on the court. Team USA Volleyball featuring former Cougars Taylor Sander, Ben Patch, and assistant coach Rob Nielsen won bronze at the Volleyball Nations League in France over the weekend after a semifinal loss to France and a third-place game win in three against Brazil. The VNL also announced the U.S. is hosting the final the next three years. That's a big deal for USA Volleyball. So very exciting. Yeah, I would guess, I don't know, L.A.'s probably in the mix to host one Chicago, of those. Chicago, pretty likely next year. That's where they typically play at Hoffman Estates. And then I would think you go to Southern California, play in the Pyramid, play at UCLA. If we want strictly the best. How about playing in Provo? That'd be fun. Intimate. Amazing volleyball atmosphere. Yes, the Smithfield House oh, is in be consideration. Awesome, dude. That would imagine? be incredible. Probably not going to happen, can but we, it would be can incredible. We can we do it instead of Women's Conference Week in the Smithfield House? <laughs> Anybody? No? We can't do that? Oh, the moment you've been waiting for as we reveal maybe, arguably, the greatest manifestation of the BYU Sports Nation karma ever on a worldwide stage in our World Cup date. On Friday, we'll get we'll get there. Let's just get you caught up to date from the last time we did the show. In the quarterfinals, the Belgians somehow held off Brazil two to one. Really entertaining game. Brazil missed a lot of chances. Belgians moving on. France, no problems with Uruguay, two 0 So France and Belgium will play against each other in one semifinal. Now on Saturday, England. And I love the fan videos coming out of England and at England watch parties all over the world. They advanced to their first World Cup semifinal since 1990. It's been 28 years with a 2-0 win over Sweden. Nice. Then, Jerem, our very own random selection, BYU Sports Nation, karma-laden World Cup team, Croatia, got past the host Russia. 2-2 through extra time and then 4-3 on penalty kicks. This is Croatia's second ever trip to the semifinals. Coincidence? I think not. We think this is the greatest manifestation of the BYU Sports Nation karma ever. And there's been a long history of this since 1943 when the karma (laughs) appeared in a small farm in Kansas. Listen, this is right there with us giving Nate Austin the BYU Sports Nation karma and then he blocks Kyle Wilcher in Spokane to seal the game. I would say Skyler Halford going from bench player to 28 point against San Diego starter. That's pretty good too. Yeah, and I think BYU snapped like a four game skid yeah. against San Diego. That's pretty good, but Croatia going all the way to the semis. And listen, Croatia, England. One of those two teams will be in the final. You wanted England before. Our team, Croatia. I'm torn. One of those two teams is going to get in I'm the torn. final. I'm torn. I feel like I have a win either way. Like, yeah. if England wins, like, yes, yeah. I wanted England to do well. Like when Gonzaga plays BYU in the WCC title <laughs> game. I'm like, either way, this is good. Stop it. <laughs> if Croatia wins, then the karma continues.
Okay, it's we'll a, it's a win plays. for me either so, way. So Tuesday and Wednesday are the uh, semifinals. We All ain't having no up meetings. World Cup final. On no Sunday. meetings during those. <laughs> Coming up, what former Cougar went yard twice in a game in the minors? And Bobby Corrala for the Dallas Mavericks, beat writer for DallasMavs.com on the immediate future of Kyle Collinsworth. They waived him. Why? And what's next for Big Russia 5? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. After further review is back in four weeks and one day on BYU TV, Tuesdays at 7 Eastern starting August 7th, David, Brian, and the guys break down Cougar football like nobody else. Coming up August 7th, it's back. Cougar football. In August. At least five wins. In August. <laughs> Woo! Five wins. Yeah, countdown to five wins. Las yeah. Vegas Superbook. Get book. out of here. Superbook. We're like the Las Vegas book. <laughs> Super this. We're live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Spencer Linton alongside the salty Jerem Jordan. I, I, I want a library to rename itself the Las Vegas Superbooks in Vegas. We have so many super books in here in our library here. Super book. And get all these degenerate gamblers showing up disappointed. Our daily BYU Sports Nation rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Question of the day. Do you agree with the Las Vegas Superbook over under for BYU with five wins in 2018? Five. They think BYU is going to go five and seven. I just can't get over it. It's not happening. Regardless, send in your responses, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and we'll have more from the Voice of the Nation in a bit. Right now, joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is digital content contributor for Mavs.com, Dallas Mavericks insider Bobby Corrala. Bobby, welcome to to, uh, BYU Sports Nation, and thanks for joining us today. Hey, thank you guys for having me. And I'm here to say I'm guaranteeing BYU is going to get at least six wins next season. Yeah, baby. So you are, I'm, I'm with you guys. You are always welcome on this program with that kind of attitude. <laughs> All right. Bobby, the Mavericks waived Kyle Collinsworth on Friday. Uh, first of all, why do you think they did that after what he gave to the team last season? Well, so he did play well down the stretch last season. He earned a guaranteed contract. He was basically kind of going back and forth between the NBA and the G league for a while there. He was on the two-way contract and then a 10 day contract and then another 10 day contract. And then he finally got a full, uh, fully guaranteed deal. But um, guys in his situation have guarantee dates on their contract. We see a lot of this stuff happen in the NFL too, where if you're on a roster beyond a certain date, then you are entitled to the rest of your contract basically. So teams will put those protections in contracts, I guess, to, protect themselves to keep their options open in the summer. So Kyle's guarantee date was last Friday. That was July 6th, I believe was the date. And uh, his day came and the Mavericks, you know, I've done some, some shopping in the summer, getting DeAndre Jordan, uh, drafting Luka Doncic, getting a a bunch of other guys. So the roster is filling up right now. And uh, Kyle was kind of in that 15th spot. And I guess, you know, they, they must have, uh, plans to get another player. They they wanted to keep their options open, free up some money in case um, uh, a bigger name came along on the free agent market, I guess uh, I should say. And uh, unfortunately, you know, he was kind of the odd man out there with his guarantee date being that Friday. 
Um, but he's still playing in summer league. He's still with the team, which I, I guess has got to kind of be a little uncomfortable for him, but he's a tough minded guy and it's been through a lot in his career already. So I know he's up to the challenge of trying to continue impressing the Mavs and also everybody else who's out there watching him play. What do you think the chances are that he clears waivers and the Mavs still keep him on the G League team, the Texas Legends? Well, so he already has cleared waivers. Uh, it's a 48-hour process. So they waived him on Friday uh, at something like 4.30 p.m. So uh, his waiver deadline came and passed yesterday afternoon, in fact, right before the Mavs played uh, their second summer league game in Vegas. So that waiver process gives every team with an open roster spot and at least the value of his contract free on their cap room to place a claim for him. Um, it, it came and went. Generally, guys who are waived are not claimed in the NBA. They just go to the open market. Um, so Kyle is now a completely unrestricted free agent. Uh, he can sign with any team he wants, whether that's in the NBA or the G League with the Texas Legends, where he's, he's played a lot the last couple seasons and has actually played very well down there. Uh, and he has a very good relationship with their head coach, Bob McKinnon, who's put a lot of time in helping him improve that jump shot, which has kind of been his his main area of focus on improving uh, so far in his pro career. But uh, his options are also open to go overseas if he wants. Uh, he said before that last season he was considering taking an offer to play pro ball in Russia, where the money's you know much better than it would be in the G League. Um, and you're potentially, you know, playing on a, a high enough level to where if you succeed over there, then you can impress teams in America because we're starting to see NBA teams sign more and more guys from overseas, uh, especially including the Mavericks, who have a lot of international guys on their roster. So uh, his options are completely open. Uh, if he does not want to go overseas and he wants to stay in America as close to the NBA as possible and an NBA team doesn't offer him a contract in between now and October, uh, I suppose he could sign with the Legends. I'm not really sure how those rights work. Um, I would need to ask around a little bit more. Because he's not bound to the Mavericks organization in any way anymore, I'm not sure that he's required to return to the Legends. But I know if the choice is his, he would probably absolutely do that because he's familiar with the system, familiar with the coaches, and he knows he's going to get a ton of playing time there. Bobby Corrala, digital content contributor for Mavs.com. He is an insider for the Dallas Mavericks with us on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, so if Kyle does go to Russia, that wouldn't be a huge surprise. He lived there for two years. He speaks conversationally fluent Russian, and that is definitely on the table. But I I feel like he didn't hurt his chances with the Mavericks in any way because of what he did later in the season. In fact, I think that they probably thought long and hard about what they wanted to do with him because he helped his scenario. Unfortunately, he's on the outside looking in. So if you had to project, just make a guess on what you know about Kyle Collins with your interactions with him, the team, where do you think he will be come October? Well, I know he's a really competitive guy, and he believes that he belongs in the NBA. Uh, it's so tough with these guys who are right on the cusp, guys like him and, and Pierre Jackson, who's now you know an all-star overseas, but he was so close to the NBA for so long. Guys like that who really believe they have a chance, and I think Kyle's still only like 26 years old, so he's still a pretty young guy. If you've played your whole life to get to this moment and you've gone through injury rehab like Kyle has and you missed two years of basketball for your mission and you came back and you ended up setting the all-time record for triple-doubles in a career and, and in a season, I know that he wants to be in the NBA and he's going to do whatever he has to do to get to the NBA uh, because he feels like he belongs. And honestly, I think he's good enough to be an NBA player too. I mean, like you guys said, he really did impress with his play down the stretch last season. 
He got a lot more minutes as the Mavericks were kind of turning over the roster to, to younger guys. And he defended guys like James Harden in big games and defended them well. The team's defense numbers were so much better whenever he was on the floor than when he was off. And he was moving the ball really well. And he did take strides in improving that three-point shot, especially at the G League level. So I think he's put in enough work and has put enough on tape to uh, impress GMs and scouts around the league. And, you know, it's just kind of tough with these guys that are at that level. NBA teams are still keeping the books as clear as possible just in case, you know, another crazy trade or free agency situation comes along. But when push comes to shove, I would have to think that he gets a camp invite in, in the fall. I mean, that's just pure speculation. But, I mean, someone would be silly not to. He's a six 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 seven wing with big body. A uh, guy who can defend multiple positions, handle the ball, make plays uh, around the basket and on the perimeter. He can run pick and roll. I mean, he can do all the things that you want your wing to do, except for shoot like in the mid to high 30s from beyond the arc. And coaches view that as more of a coaching challenge than a limitation, right? Like if a guy can't shoot, you're not going to say that he can't play. You're going to say he can do everything but shoot. And I believe as a player development coach, I'm good enough to get his jump shot out of him and uh, to turn him into a shooter. So the ingredients are there for a guy who can really play at this level. So, I mean, I, I think a team will certainly give him a training camp invite beyond that is just ultimately comes down to how well he plays throughout the rest of the summer league, how well he impresses in camp in preseason and all of that. And then, you know, he'll kind of uh, play the hand he's dealt and, and make a decision from there. Bobby Corrala going on record that BYU football will win six plus games <laughs> and that he thinks Kyle, first. <laughs> Kyle Collinsworth is good enough to be on an NBA team. Great stuff, Bobby. We appreciate the time. Hey, thank you guys for having me. Bobby Corrala on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Yeah, if, if Kyle can shoot well enough, he certainly has the skill set to be in the league. And a couple of days ago, we talked about who's the most successful you know, pro and pro player. And I was like, Kyle Collinsworth, because he's in the league. Well, right now he's not in the league. So hopefully he can get back in the league and rep BYU because having no dudes in the league isn't a good thing. It was great that Kyle was the undrafted free agent guy that had made it. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that he pointed out that Dallas's team numbers defensively were so much better. Those are the words of Bobby Cross. So much better when Kyle Collinsworth was on the floor. How much value in is in that? In spite of openly tanking. How much value is in that? How much do the coaches care about the defensive numbers of a player and an individual in Kyle Collinsworth when he's on the floor? Yeah, it's all things to consider. Coming up, Team USA Volleyball with three former Cougars. Medals in France and what's coming to the States for the next three years. Ashley Hatch is back in the scoring column for the Washington Spirit. How do I say that, Jeremy? Spirit. Okay. All part of the Cougar Whip Around. This is BYU Sports Nation. Washington Sweet Spirit. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Shout out to today's guests, Blaine Fowler and Bobby Corrala, digital content provider for DallasMavs.com. Sorry, Dennis Pitta. We just ran out of time. If you missed any part of the show, you can download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Las Vegas Superbook. Release updated over under win totals for college football teams. It's BYU at five wins this season. Five. Five dollar foot long. So also, Northern Illinois had the best odds two to one to win the MAC, by the way. 
Cougars in the NBA. The Dallas Mavericks waived Kyle Collinsworth on Friday. He has now officially cleared waivers, so he is an unrestricted free agent. He will continue to play with the Mavericks summer league team. He had four rebounds on Friday, a couple of steals in Dallas's 92-85 loss against the Suns. Then yesterday, put up four points, eight rebounds, and an 81-78 win against the Milwaukee Bucks. Elijah Bryant made his debut for the 76ers summer league team as well. Played three minutes in a 96-79 loss to the LeBronzo Lakers. Bryant had two rebounds and a steal. Volleyball. Team USA featuring former Cougars Taylor Sander, Ben Patch, and assistant coach Rob Nielsen taking bronze at the Volleyball Nations League in France over the weekend after a semifinal loss to France and a third-place win in three sets against Brazil. The VNL also announced the United States will host the final over the next three years. Cougars in the PGA. Zach Blair finished 2-under, good enough to tie for 65th at the Greenbrier Tournament. Daniel Summerhays again failed to meet the cut. That's five straight missed cuts, unfortunately, for Daniel. The pair will compete at the John Deere Classic starting Thursday. <laughs> Soccer. Ashley Hatch scored a goal on a header for the Washington Spirit, Spirit. in a 2-1 to loss to the Orlando Pride. Rugby. Sean Davies and the Glendale Raptors lost 23-19 to the Seattle Seawolves in the Major League Rugby inaugural championship match. Cougars in the minors. Seawolves greater than Seahawks? No. Adam Law had two hits, two runs batted in for the AAA Tacoma Rainiers over the weekend, bringing his average in AAA ball to 333. Brendan Lund went 6 for 13 over the weekend with three homers, two on Friday, six RBIs, and three runs for the AA Mobile Bay Bears. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. I'd like to offer uh, a nominee, Jerem. How about Team Croatia, Croatia overall, baby? Yeah, that's it. Got it. Second semifinal ever in the history of Croatian national soccer at the World Cup. 98 and now. Yeah. Let's go. Question of the day. Do you agree with the Las Vegas Superbook over-under no. for BYU with five wins in 2018? Our elite voice of the day in on Twitter at WDHeath40. I disagree. It makes sense, but by relying on one outlier of a year, they're aiming way too low. Good programs like BYU usually bounce back. That's the hope. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Find our audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Eli Herring. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern.